Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as lightworkers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's the Word, we will discuss a word, think community, balance, tenacity, etc., in hopes of motivating our audience to incorporate more of that into their lives. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Hello and welcome back to the Dreamcatchers podcast. How's everybody doing? Um, I'm going to be sharing this, by the way, on a couple of social channels. So just forgive me if I'm looking down. Welcome back to this episode of What's the Word? We are joined today with our sister from another mister, as we like to say, Jenny Klein Schwartz. So she is pretend sisters, um, a good friend of mine from college, and now a colleague and friend and all of the above, which we will get into, from Soulmark Creative from sunny South Florida, which we are jealous of, but originally from New York. Um, welcome, Jenny. Hello. Marissa, do you have anything you wanted to add to that before we have Jenny introduce herself to the audience? I'm saying hello, but I think I'm on delay, so I'm not sure how much I'm going to be able to talk. We hear you. Hey. We hear you if you speak. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Marissa. We do hear you. Um, all right. So, okay. Jenny, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. Um where you work. Don't worry about a lot of the backstory because we'll get into it, but just give us a quick elevator speech, if you will, who you are and what you're doing here today. My name is Jenny. I'm the co-founder and creative director of Solmar Creative, which is a digital design and branding studio in the wellness space. Um, Like Jamie said, I'm originally from New York. I live in South Florida now. Um, I have two young children, six and eight, two little girls. So I'm a mommy first and foremost. And uh, yeah, that's my quick, quick spiel. I love it. And I'm actually just sharing this in like 14 places. So forgive me for a second. I just like to put <laughs> no, it pressure, no pressure, no pressure, no pressure. What we find by the way, is people like listen to snippets. Um, you know, if they see your live, they'll see that, you know, you and I are together. They might listen for a portion. We used to cut it at a certain time to kind of get drive traffic toward the actual podcast. But we find that there are still people out there that like to hear it right now. It could be sitting and having a salad and want to hear. So we do it this way. And then we also record it as an episode of the podcast that usually comes out a couple days after we record. So anyway, so happy to have you here today. We are going today to be talking about a specific word that we were thinking about when Jenny and I were speaking a couple weeks ago. She just got back recently from a Tootsie retreat. We're both holding our Tootsie cups. Tootsie, we talk about Tootsie a lot on our podcast. So a lot of people know who she is already. Um, one of the things that Jenny and I shared was a, Happy a birthday, Tootsie. Tootsie. Yeah, Tootsie's yes. birthday was yesterday. Um, that we met again, although we were already friends on a Tootsie retreat, and we got to experience that trip together a few years ago, but she just went back again. So she just got back when we were talking and recapping the trip, which is obviously magical, amazing, all the things. I asked her to be on the podcast, and she was thrilled and excited to be okay. here, and we're just so happy to have her. 
and specifically we talked about how she wanted to kind of talk about, which I agreed was a great topic, is kind of niching yourself in a specific area. So especially as an entrepreneur, it's really hard to kind of lean in to one space because you just want to do everything. You don't want to say no to business. You want to be able to, you know, make a living and do the things and to really lean into, you know, creating this one space for yourself and being okay with that and still making yourself known for that particular space and the real benefits of being known as a fitness wellness brand versus a designer that could do everything. Um, and Marissa and I even struggle with that sometimes. People say to us, you know, what is your area of expertise? And I'm like, resumes, like literally, or career, like in general, which is, you know, is true, but sometimes is helpful to find niches and lean into those. So that is what Jenny is here today to talk about. We'll come back to that. So tell us a bit about your journey, Jenny. Obviously, I kind of said this a little bit when we posted that you were going to be here today. Um, and we we love to say this because Marissa always gives us a hard time because Ming, who does our sound, went to Michigan also. But obviously know that you went to Michigan. Go blue with me. Um, and that's how we originally met. But what led you to design? Give us a little backstory, you know, of kind of what you wanted to be when you grew up. Was it always in the creative space? You know, what led you here? What's your earliest memory of what you wanted to be? And then tell us a little bit from there how it developed into what you're doing now. Sure. Um, so I was one of the lucky ones. Like, it was predetermined that I was creative. Um, yeah. I'm an artist my whole life. I have I come from a family of creatives, from designers, from artists. Like, it was just from the very, very beginning. I actually have a letter, like a thank you card from a first grade, my first grade teacher um, from like a holiday gift I gave her that literally said like, one day I'll teach Jenny the writer or the artist. Like it just was, it's just a part of me. Um, and when I went to, when I went to college, I was always like the artist in school, right? You know, like it was my work that was in the principal's office and everything. Um, and then you're thrown into art school. Um, where, and you knew you wanted to go to art school though. Like you like, yeah, knew that was, you were going to go that direction. Which by the way, I say that only because often we have guests on the podcast that like say they want to be something totally different than what they do now. And yeah, you, you are lucky. And I love that you said I'm one of the lucky ones because most people have no idea what they want to do or what they're good at. So, but it is still hard to find that you're going to do this for work and how are you going to sure. earn a living doing it? So yeah, I'd love to hear how you, yeah. you definitely knew you wanted to go to some sort of school that yeah. offered creative. Okay. I mean, art school in general is like the most humbling experience. Like you literally go from being like praised locally, like as a kid to being amongst extreme talents where, you know, you learn to be critiqued and you re that's where you really learn to, to know if you could actually, if you have, like what the thick takes. enough skin to, to make it as a career. Um, and I actually, I wanted to go to school for uh, illustration. Um, I always loved like illustration, drawing. Um, I have not illustrated in a really, really long time. But, uh, and it was my father that pushed me and was like, you're not gonna make a career out of illustration. I mean, maybe I would, but you know, you have to be a little bit more marketable. Um, my father was an interior designer and He's the one that like kind of pushed me to, you have to pick a focus in art school. So my focus was graphic design, which is funny. Like I'm, I literally went to school for uh, what you do. What I do. Um, but being a designer, like I learned the foundations in school, but 
being a designer, especially a web designer, um, it's lifelong learning. It is exhausting. Things are changing. If you're not keeping up with the trends, um, you're falling behind, right? So yeah. you also have to be able to commit to to learn all the time and to try to stay on top of your game um, with the different technology and the usage and how people are using technology. Yeah, I think that's so interesting because, and by the way, having gone to Michigan, I just happen to know obviously more about where you went to school. So the the design programming that is offered now and the, and the majors and such weren't really there when we were in college. Like they, it has gotten so much more robust, the stamp school and all these different areas of- Yeah, it wasn't even called stamps. Right, it wasn't um, even a thing where people yeah. can now minor, which I think I probably would have been really good at and loved, like minoring in something design or, you know, as part of my communications major. And now these kids are able to do that. So you started at a time where, you know, it wasn't necessarily as readily available at the college that you chose mm -hmm. and you still found a path. So tell us a little bit about, you know, internships or how did you sure. find work in design once you started to pick your, or your father encouraged you to pick graphic or some sort of area? Um, so we, I was the graduating year right after 9-11, right? There were very few jobs. It was kind of like that year that, you know, everyone just didn't really know what was going on. I landed a job. In now, did, you in, did you intern before that, though? Like, were you interning in yes. design at this point? You didn't I interned, like, yeah, I interned during the summers. I must say, like, being an intern in a creative department is the most, it was the most, just like the most awkward experience. Your designers are, what's the word? I mean, we're all a bunch of divas, right? In in a way, like the- Creatives. And everyone creatives, knows their yeah. way. Yeah. And, you know, you're thrown into this design department and no one really wants to give you anything to do, mm -hmm. right? They're kind of like, oh, they just gave me a designer. Like, I'm going to have to redo all her work. Um, and I just, <laughs> so like, I can't say that any of my internships were beneficial, you know, like, sure, mm -hmm. I got to like, take the train to the city every day and, you know, sleep at my friend's dorms that were like, still, you got to put it on your resume, which as we know is important. Totally. Yep. Um, but every internship I've ever had was like me just like trying for people not to see that I was like on MySpace mm -hmm. or not even like Friendster. <laughs> <laughs> so I, not to date ourselves, but <laughs> anyway, so I am um, out of college. I first my first job was working at the National Hockey League um, in their design department, which sounds fantastic. that's so funny. They were a client of ours. Marissa, can you hear us? Are you with us? Yeah, no, I could hear you. No, Marissa's kind of frozen. Marissa, can you hear us? Mm. Cool. Um <laughs> What one of our stories that we've told many times is that when Marissa got laid off of her fashion job and why she started working at our father's staffing firm was because he didn't have a creative fashion division to help her find work after she left. So she had to go to like competitors of what we now ended up doing mm -hmm. and they didn't help her. So she started her own piece of the business. But at the time, like one of the only kind of one job or company that would like maybe fall into a space that one of us would be interested in was the NHL. They were a client mm -hmm. of ours. And um, I think I interviewed there at one point. That's so funny. I did not realize or remember that about you. Um, and it was mostly my dad placed, you know, HR people or, you know, reception maybe there. But mm -hmm. at the time he was like, I could get you an interview at the NHL. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's really what you want to do. Right. But I was like, 
I mean, I guess I could do something, you know. So anyway, go ahead. So you started yeah, well, there. I mean, that it was it was kind of it was production work, right? You know, I was taking things and putting them on things. And yep. the interesting part about being a designer is, you know, you ask my mom, like, oh, what does she design for? And my mom will list off like all these big names that I've done work for, but like those are so not like it's already done for you. Like it's all yeah, right? Like you're not producing it yourself. You're not giving the ideas. Anyway, so I was at the National Hockey League and I shifted over to Major League Baseball. Um, and then I found myself at the Financial Times. And this was like in my early 20s. And I worked at the Financial Times for two years. And it was kind of a, it was an amazing experience. Um, I was up to date in current events for like the first time ever, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I worked on a team. I, my hours, because it was like a European company and 24 hours a day, my hours were 12 to eight, which in your early twenties was like the best thing ever. Literally partied all night, slept in the morning, got to, like rolled into the office at 12. That's amazing. Um, and that's at that, at that time is when I started to like get into web because I was working, um, doing FT.com came back. I'm okay. I was working at FT.com and that's when like flash was really big. So I was mm -hmm. learning a lot of, a lot of flash, a lot of interactive, these doing these like interactive features for FT.com. Um, but what I did notice when I was there is that the rest of my team were 10, 15 years older than me. And we were kind of doing the same thing. And at that time I was like, well, I don't really want to be here forever. You know, I don't, it's very, it's cool. Like it was super cool, but you know, it was pretty corporate. Um, and I read this book and this is interesting. Cause I know that you always ask your guests, like, what did you want to be when you grew up? And I read this book and it was called, it was like called quarter life crisis. I'll never forget it. And it literally said, when you we grow talk up, about that all the time. Yeah. You want like, what did you want to be when you were younger? That's what you should be. Mm -hmm. I need you to know that so much of my life is built on that book. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm like, no, they have to let me back in. Yeah. I, I quoted that book for years and years and years. Like yeah. every, like every single thing about it. So, mm -hmm. um, I actually feel like I could have written it, mm -hmm. but I didn't obviously, because why would I have? Anyway, I'm sorry. I missed, I missed all the things. Oh, I'm okay. back in. Go blue. <laughs> I love that you studied in college. I know it's changed a lot. Yes. Now you take the stage. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Anyway, so I read the quarter life crisis. It told me that, you know, cause I felt kind of like stuck in this corporate um, environment, which really wasn't for me, even though I really liked the job. And it said, what did you want to be when you were younger? pursue that. So when I was literally what we've now made a business out of, by the way, continue. Well, actually, no, this, this led me to my business, but it was no, that's what we've made our business. Oh, oh it's trying to help people figure yeah. out what that dream was when they were eight years old and get closer to that. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be an art teacher. So what did I do? I enrolled myself into graduate school to get my master's in art education and I had to figure out a way to pay for my graduate school. Um, I lived in a rent control department at the time. I was, you know, this was before marriage, before kids. I didn't have much, many expenses. So I was able to kind of like, you know, sustain a lifestyle and pay, through, pay for graduate school. Um, but I had to figure out how to do that. So I started freelancing to put myself through graduate school. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I went to City College and I successfully got my master's in art education there. And at the same time, I realized, oh my God, people are hiring me. (laughs) Like people are hiring me to do, you know, to do graphic design for them, to do web design for them. And, Mm -hmm. and so I, even though I did go back to school for that, you know, dream of being an art teacher, it wasn't for me, but I realized, but I started my business pursuing that. I love that. Yeah. So how long did you freelance before you kind of quit a full-time job and start building what you were doing like full-time? Well, I quit my job to, to go th- to graduate school. God. Oh, so after graduate school, when did, then well, you started? I didn't, I. Did you finish? I did. So she I has did. her master's in art. So you, so you could start teaching tomorrow if you wanted. Yes. You'd be rusty. <laughs> <laughs> Come up with a couple lesson plans and jump right in. So, I love it. So your freelance experience mm-hmm. turned into... You know, so by the way, you were part of the original, what they now call gig economy, mm-hmm. because you were building a freelance portfolio somewhat unintentionally because you were using it to sustain life while mm-hmm. the world was trying to figure out how to use the internet mm-hmm. in the way that we, I mean, the way we were using it in those early years versus the way we're using it now. Mm-hmm. It's still continuously different, but you were building instead of bartending or babysitting. Absolutely. And, and it, it it became a foundational pillar. In fact, I have to tell you something, Jenny. I'm now sitting here thinking, and I've had some time to think while I was hanging out by myself with my technical issues. By the way, speaking, can, of, speaking of technical issues, can you turn your phone? Ming is writing to us. So that you're, okay. Yeah, no, that you're the other way. No, turn your phone, like landscape. Landscape. No idea how to do that. Just turn your phone. Turn your phone. Yes. Uh, oh. No. Oh, Ming, look what happens now. <laughs> Never mind. Guys, Go back. Go back. When I'm looking at you, I'm looking at you and I see myself north to south. That's no, he's asking so that you're widescreen. That's all he was asking. Oh, I see. Okay. I don't know how to turn the setting. I'll figure it out. Give me a second. Can I just have it? I just want to say something profound and now I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> he's right. <laughs> he's on. writing. He's writing to us offline and you're not looking. So sorry. I was trying to I can't look at it because I have to hold my phone. Sorry, Jenny. <laughs> um, anyway, I was trying to say something that was profound. What was it? The giga something something. Giga. Oh, yeah. The gig economy and you were freelancing. It became one of the fillers of your business, right? That you, you unbeknownst to you, instead of bartending and babysitting, you were building out mm-hmm. how to service different types of clients. Mm-hmm. And, and I, yeah, like it was, my goal was to pay, to pay for graduate school. to put Right. My, and just needed the income. Oh, here's my profound statement. Okay. I'm ready. This is the, uh, thank you. You got me. So, <laughs> and then I'll, and then I'll be quiet and I'll figure out how to change my settings, but we have done this now. 82, 84, this already 84, 84 times. We have never talked to anyone. Not or one person, our 83rd, maybe. Yeah. Not one person that has done what you've done. Thank you. Not one. Because people have aha moments. People have, I became this because of that. No one that we've ever interviewed built their business because of a by accident freelance job. Yeah. 
which yeah. by the way is a phenomenal storyline mm-hmm. out of all the things oh, that Jamie yeah. and I've talked about with freelance through career and whatnot. So I just want to take a moment <laughs> while I actually have a voice in this t- tiny screen that I don't even understand what you guys meant, but now I understand and say like, that's a really big deal. Yeah. I love and, that. Well, that was the- one of the reasons I wanted to have you on because I, I really recognize that you have done that. I thought about that. And, and you had to learn how to do it. Like yeah. how to raise your taxes, how to figure out what each person needed and wanted. You know, whether it was a small business like me, I had a side business in the early 2000s that didn't have really a website presence. It would have been a me you situation where I would have been like paying for you to get your hair done and you doing, you know, my website in exchange, like an early 2000s moment, right? And like for then for you to build the platform figure out how to charge people and then figure out your niche Probably what we're hinting at today <laughs> is amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Thank you. Well, I mean, I did have a bit of an aha moment. You know, I was, I remember I was student teaching and I continuously was like hiding in the supplier room, talking to clients. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so it, that was your aha moment that you maybe were meant to do this full time. Yeah. It was kind of like, I didn't, I guess it was more, I didn't realize that I could do this. Like I didn't have the confidence, right? Like I was 24 years old. Um, I didn't know people were going to hire me. I mean, every, every creative deals with um, imposter syndrome. I still Mm -hmm. deal with it on a day-to-day basis. You know, Um, that first year of freelancing, I matched my salary of working at the financial times the year before. Wow. Um, And then that's when I was like, wow, I could do this. Right. And, and then I finished graduate school Okay. I'm a math here. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I love that. And, uh, and that's kind of where I started. Um, at that point, it was Jenny Schwartz Design. I remember that. Okay. And you did that for... Wait, no. It was Jenny Klein Design. It rhymed. Duh. <laughs> oh, Marissa got kicked out. Okay. So while we wait for her to come back, Jenny mm-hmm. Klein Design starts. At that mm-hmm. point, you're working on whatever's coming your way or Ever. you're not whatever coming your way. Whatever. And no one, te- like they don't teach you how to run a business in art school. Like I was an artist. Like I, I don't know, you know, I was kind of just uh, winging it. Mercy, you're good. Um, okay. So you're doing whatever comes your way at that point. When, let's talk about then your aha moment mm-hmm. in niching yourself. Did mm-hmm. that come when you partnered? Actually, pause. Let's talk about how you decided to go into business with your husband, mm-hmm. which Marissa and I talk often about working with siblings. So mm-hmm. obviously working with family is a unique thing um, <laughs> and yours is chosen family. Mm-hmm. So I would love to hear, you know, how you then went from Jenny Klein design, obviously Jenny Schwartz design, mm-hmm. moving to Florida, going into business with your husband. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that, I guess, aha moment also kind of what led you now to Soulmark Creative? Sure. Um, so his name is Mike, my husband, the co-founder. He's the business, he's the left brain of the business. I am the right yep. brain. Of the yep. Um he had this startup in New York called Golf Manhattan. Um, mm-hmm. and he spent we, we 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 took a risk, right? He built this business. Um, and he spent about five years building up this this it was an indoor golf facility um mm-hmm. by Brian Park. And oh my god, I remember that. I didn't know that was your husband. <laughs> I don't, well, it's not anymore, but it was, yeah, he started that business, Golf Manhattan. Um, I think I definitely got my dad a gift certificate. Yeah, yeah. it was good, big on like lessons and like golf lessons and everything. Uh, Yeah, so he basically um, 
built that business for about four to five years. And he was like all in. He worked 24 seven, um, wasn't really fully, you know, I was supporting the family, the two of us at that time. And he was just working his butt off. Um, and then after a couple of years, we, we realized it wasn't serving us anymore. It just wasn't, it, it didn't, it wasn't making him happy. It was a strain on our relationship. And around the same time, um, we had our daughter Mia. So, um, Mike's partner, um, he offered to buy, buy us, buy us out. And we, um, we thought it was a good idea. So at that point, Mike was extremely burnt out. We had a baby and he decided to take eight months off to just be with, be with Mia. That was our, our baby at the time. Well, she's mm-hmm. still our baby, but she's eight now. Um, <laughs> so she, he spent eight months just on basically paternity, paternity, paternity leave. Um, mm-hmm. and I went straight back to work. Um, I would nurse, I'd work, I'd nurse, I'd work, I'd nurse, I'd work. <laughs> that was kind of how, how we got through things. Um, working. Sounds like a fun time. It was, you know what? Postpartum working was like the only time I felt normal. Like mm-hmm. my face Same. in front of my computer is my sanctuary. It calms me. I'm in my zone. Right. So mm-hmm. I didn't mind it. I was okay with it. Um, and when that was over that time that Mike needed to reset, uh, he was kind of thinking of what his next move was, you know, and he went out and started looking at other jobs and there was really nothing that excited us. We're both very, you know, we entrepreneurial spirit in both of us. What did he do before he's, started um golf manhattan like what kind of background did he have that's like a good fi- financial operations like always a right-brained person mike is my 90 day fiance hmm. do you watch 90 day fiance no but i know the concept okay so <laughs> um he came oh. over to the u.s from canada on what's called a k-1 visa and we had 90 okay. days to get married so he wasn't really allowed to work at that point. Yep. Um, so, and I supported him. It was my pleasure. I, you know, your people say don't marry for, I married for love completely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Post my mother in my ear. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he took on like odd jobs, you know, there wasn't really, he, he came straight out of college, literally from his mother's basement to my apartment. Mm-hmm. And he, at that, he was really starting out. He was really, he was, he's four years younger than me. He was young. We wanted to be together. And he, where'd you rob it? Where'd you rob him from? I, yeah. I, I met him on a carnival cruise. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we should stop there. I mean, this is a whole other episode. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. She like met him on a cruise ship. Everything about I mean, it. We have a lot of friends that have randomly met their like partners. Um, in like weird ways. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so you met him on a carnival cruise, which, yes. by the way, we can insert a lot of things. There. I know. I fell in love with him. I imported him to the States. He was just out of college. He had no career path. Um, and, yeah, he wasn't, you say, what he did before that? I mean, he, he was, was a, he was a, I don't know, he was a student. He was a student. Okay, next. So, <laughs> whatever. I didn't realize that there was, like, no time in between. Okay. So then what happened? He was like eight months later into paternity leave. He's like, all right, okay, let's do something sure. together. So anyway, I actually, it was my grandmother um, who recently passed, but this was a, a big part of our most special moment with her was, you know, she's kind of like, well, you have a business. So why doesn't Mike work with you? 
Oh, okay. So, you know, Mike went to business school. He's totally left brain. He knows numbers. I don't know numbers. Um, he looked at the way I was running my business, specifically like putting invoices on PDFs. Like I was just, I had no system in place whatsoever. And he's like, hey, let's try this out. Let me help, you know, let me help you grow your business. Um, and that was in 2016, 2015. Um, and I was like, okay. You know, and for, at first it was kind of strange, you know, it's like I had ways I did things. So it kind of felt like my husband was working for me. Well, you know, my, my don't, his email was literally like Mike at Jenny Schwartz.com, which felt weird. That's um, hilarious actually. Yep. You know, eight years later, I feel like I'm working for him. Like he's completely taken over the business. Um, and yeah, so we decided to work together and it somehow works for us. I mean, we have specific tactics that we found help us communicate better. Um, we very much like stay in our own lanes. Like I handle until like the project is or the client is like signed, sealed, delivered, ready to go. It does not land on my desk. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we first started working together, I felt like I didn't, I wasn't busy at all. It made me very nervous until I realized that 75% of what I was doing was administration stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was spending one day a week that was actually producing creative things. Um, so taking that, I think from your desk. Yeah. Yeah. Just a a big part about growing your business is knowing when to hire and who to hire and, and what your strengths are, you know, like Mike and I are very aware of what our strengths are and we do not step in each other's lanes at all. Or maybe it's just listening to your grandmother. Or and listening to your grandmother. That's 100% true. They know what's, they know what's up usually. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, tell us about your niche and why you chose it, how you landed there and a little bit about niching yourself and why you decided to do that. Cause I think our listeners, you know, again, we always like to say, you know, everyone knows this, but we are a career podcast. People that listen to us are looking for some sort of career inspiration, want to hear your story because they themselves are struggling. So tell us a little bit about that. Like why you decided what, when, like, because oftentimes I think it happens like by accident. Like all of a sudden you realize all your clients are the same and you're like, maybe I should just choose that. And other times it happens on purpose. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about your story, how Soulmark became known for what it's known for now. Sure. Um, so back in the day when like boutique fitness, let me just define my niche first. So people yes. want to understand. Okay. So we work um, on, on the nichiest niche niche level. Boutique fitness is our sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Um, But we realized that we work with companies that kind of all share the same customer, the same persona, right? That person who is, um, you know, loves to be on top of the wellness trends, um, just really fascinated by and passionate about healthy living, right? Um, So at first it was kind of like we work with boutique fitness now, then it's like we work with healthy lifestyle brands or wellness minded. So our... The way I um, describe our niche is is ever changing, right? But it all every company or brand we work for generally has that same persona or or person they're communicating with that that has that same passion. Yep. Okay. So how did I get into it? Um, so back in the day when boutique fitness was like just booming, and when I say just booming, I mean like there was Soul Cycle. 
All right. That was like, they were the pioneers of boutique fitness. And then all the time. Yep. a second brand came along and that was Flywheel. Mm-hmm. Um, the owner of Flywheel or the founder, there are multiple founders, but one of the founders of Flywheel is best friends with my best friend from home's husband. Okay. And for whatever reason, they trusted little me to work on Flywheel. Wait, I didn't know this. <laughs> I did. I love this. So who, Ruth? Not Ruth. Um, Jay Galuzzo specifically. Okay. But um, and then the, the, there's a journey with, with Flywheel, but like but that's Jenny knows this. I think just to remind our audience too, we talk about this a lot. But just to, to insert ourselves, Marissa and I were OG Soul Cycle like 2005, mm-hmm. where it was like when Marissa went before me. But when you would, and I love because Jenny will talk about this. 2006. I want Jenny to talk about the merch piece because when we would walk through New York City and you would see a Soul Cycle sweatshirt, you mm-hmm. at the time we knew the person. Like mm-hmm. that's how it's niche and small to use the word mm-hmm. Soul Cycle was. And so when the founders of Soul Cycle split and other and they went off to open Flywheel, which was mm-hmm. I guess a direct competitor, you know, the concept of the merch and the brand and the yeah. vision and what it was going to feel like and look like was so important, right? And yeah. this is not a podcast about Soul Cycle versus Flywheel, but you know, knowing that time and when we were, you know, when we were part of it, mm-hmm. um, I remember Jenny as at that time just my college friend. I knew her as she started doing work for Flywheel. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, like, how did? So I, I remember watching from the sidelines that, like you said, they trusted little old you. So continue. Sorry, oh, yeah. I just wanted I, I, to I, I, the color was so interesting from the outside looking in. Like this I don't know why they hired me. Maybe they were looking for someone like inexpensive. Maybe amazing. <laughs> at that yeah, time, probably. that time, like, come on, you're talented. Well, that's why. Okay, fine. Thank you. I appreciate that. But you know, I was at a young point in my career to hire for. I mean, and it was it was an idea at that point, right? They were opening up their flagship studio on Flatiron. I mean, that was it, right? Um, and but I worked on that original brand. I designed their first two websites. Um, and from there, I got another studio, um, which probably they, um, they had like six locations or seven in uh, Connecticut called Joyride. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, I got that studio. And what happened is there's tools that people use to create these um Boutique, fit, boutique fitness studios use to create their their websites, right? So I started making relationships within the space. So on one hand, I had, you know, they were asking, you know, people say, oh, look at that one. Who did that? Who did that site? Who did that brand? And yeah, it's like, it hard yeah, I at the same time, I was also becoming in the know with, with the people that were designing the, doing the interior design of the studio, the lighting, the, the reservation systems, like, that had the relationships I made had a lot to do with referring me and referring me and referring me and referring me. Right. Because at that time when you're, when, when small business was starting and even now, right. Like you think about it, it's like, they all kind of know each other. It's like, Oh, yeah. you did this. And it all kind of feels similar. And we always talk about this because we were original soul cycle. You walk into soul cycle. Now you walk into any of these fitness studios and so much of the way it feels mm-hmm is similar to the one before it, right? It's like, oh, they have the hair ties at the front desk that mm-hmm. it smells good in here. Like the yeah. brand and the feel, exactly. right? 
So to get that referral is probably was probably a huge piece at the beginning for you. I mean, it still is right. But, um, I also had like an, an insane passion for it. Like, like you said, I, when being hired to design a fitness brand, you're being hired to design a culture, right? Mm-hmm. When you walk down the street of New York City wearing your Soul Cycle shirt, how do you feel? Part of something. Mm-hmm. Part of something. You're feeling fit, right? You're feeling trendy. You're, you might feel sexy. You might like. I mean, that depends. But yes, I know yes, you're right. picking up what you're right. Down. Like, yeah. you're part of something, and people wear that proudly, right? So creating these cultures, it was like more than creating a brand. And it still is like I'm creating a culture around it. And, and now that there's so many fitness studios, it's even more challenging because you have to find like what you can do to stand out, right? Like where are you in this large industry? Um, But you know, in the, I don't know, when was this? When did Flywheel start? 2010? Sounds right. Vicious, right? I mean, there was very little. And then I would walk through. No, I mean, when you really take a moment to like listen to this, mm-hmm. like it's fascinating. And 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 if you really were to unpack like the big changes in business, other than obviously Amazon and delivery service for food and which Jenny Uber. does a little bit as, as well, right? Jenny, right. You have a client that's food delivery also. Yeah, so we yeah. yeah, we do we do a lot of um like restaurant, like fast casual restaurants. Like, but but this piece of life, this piece of life mm-hmm. didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, us at the level, at the, the level that it does. I can think of that's that large is us not using CDs anymore and downloading and streaming music and media. Right. Mm-hmm. right? So like when you think about who we were when you graduated Michigan to who we are now, like if someone's listening to this and they're a relatively new grad, they can work in the fitness industry as an actual desired place to work. Mm-hmm. Like when we were young, you, you were yeah, non-existent. You were, or you just were a trainer. That was really, that was. Yeah. 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 I mean, and boutique fitness, you know, boomed, healthy living boomed in general, mm-hmm. you know, the trends around healthy living wasn't, you know, People always tried to be healthy, but it, now it is cool. Healthy living is cool. It's like, what supplements are you taking? Like, what's your morning routine? Like, <laughs> you know, it's how is your lemon water? <laughs> what, what is in your water? Um, or do you have a Stanley Cup? Like, all these things are very, you know, it. The we I got in early on the wellness trends, um, and half of it was luck. I have to say, you know, and, and right, I do want to take a moment and say out of this story, which. I didn't know, and I find ridiculously fascinating, is there's a call out to something that Jamie and I talk about all the time. It's who you know. Mm -hmm. You never know who you know. You never know who's in your own orbit. Mm -hmm. You never know who's in your own relationships and who is willing to take a chance on you. Mm -hmm. So because somebody with a well, I mean, granted, who would have known that that would be such a strong connection at the Mm -hmm. time? I mean, you know, back in the day, they might have thought you might have thought like, OK, whatever. Like you wouldn't have known that it was going to be. Such I, a big deal. I would have worked for equity and not, you know, yeah, equity, they paid me. <laughs> Let's see. Let's well, see. Instead of the peanuts. Um, yeah. Anyway, so one of actually the one of the founders of Flywheel, when she left the company, she ended up she took the technology that they built for Flywheel and she created um a reservation system that is very popular now. 
Um, and she's amazing. I'll say her name, Stacey Arcandy. And mm -hmm. she was awesome. And she believed in me. And she went off and created a, a company called Mariana Tech. Um, and when she started creating it, she kind of used me as kind of her guinea pig of the technology, mm -hmm. um, you know, because <clears throat> we worked together before. She knew what I could do. She, um, I guess she trusted me, right? So, yep. and that was also one of the big things that really got me into the, into the business. I want to keep talking about partnerships and partnerships. Like at this point, you know, a reservation system like that has, I mean, thousands of studios under their belt. Um, and to this day, they still refer me, right? And to this day, I can speak, or Mike really, he does, he knows the technology a bit more than me, confidently about them. Um, and when you make partnerships, you know, it's kind of, I mean, it is a, my, I scratch your, your back, you scratch mine. So like similar to a mind body, but not mind body. Correct. There's yeah. multiple, there's multiple reservation systems. We try not to discriminate, you know, we'll figure yeah. out what's best for the client. We'll go that direction. Um, but we want these, the technology to uh, trust in us. Um, and yep. we want them to know that we're going to make their life easier, mm -hmm. that we're going to make it seamless for them, right? For them to want to work with us, not because we're good at what we do, but because we will set the client up for success so they could kind of go up on their day. That makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, I, I will say, I'll just want to insert here, which I think is really interesting, is one of our first clients is the Dreamcatchers. Um, from an operations standpoint, when we were helping, starting to help entrepreneurs is Tootsie Olin, who we talked about off, all the time. We talked about the beginning. And she was looking for somebody that was well-versed in one specific thing that she was trying to build onto her own website. I can't even remember what it is. Jen, Jenny will remember. And she found Jenny unrelated to me. And I was working for her. And she's like, do you know this chick, Jenny Schwartz? I'm like, Jenny Klein from me. You know, I was like, of course I, I know I Jenny Klein. That. That and remember. she literally found her unrelated to me and just vetted her through me. She was like, I'm thinking about using her company to redo my website, create my digital studio for me. And I was like, she's like, what do you think of her? I'm like, um, that's amazing. And then it like brought us back together, which is like the best right. part of the story. But it's just crazy because she found you because she wanted, I forget what it was, Squarespace or something that she already had. Right. She wanted to make sure whoever she hired could translate her current website into what she was yeah. trying to create. So, you know, and also, so then I want to say that the niche thing, mm -hmm. not just as far as fitness, but if, as far as the, you know, platforms, the technology that you mm -hmm. use you know, being known as somebody that's good at those items or you go on other studios' websites and you're like, this is what I want mine to feel like. Mm -hmm. And they look at the bottom, it says, you know, powered by Soulmark Creative. Mm -hmm. And then you're able to get that next piece of business. So that's literally how Tootsie found you. Mm -hmm. And I love that because, you know, as we build and do our own thing and talk about this all the time to other people that are building, you know, and, you know, I will say that is the lucky part, I guess, about working in web design is that your name, your business is within reason on every website. Everyone knows that you created it. And, and it's actually it's in our contract. Right. Um, and I love that for you because you wouldn't have interested that that imagine, you know, 
everybody's resume that we write could say this resume was written by the dream catchers. Mm -hmm. Like if you want a good resume, go see them. Mm -hmm. You know, you work that's in an industry, idea, right? <laughs> you, you work in an industry that that's, you know, norm. standard. We have had client, you know, potential clients that have said, you know, we don't want your name on the bottom. And Mike and I kind of have to discuss whether or not we think it's worth it to take the job. You know, yeah, like, because that in and of itself, somebody sees a website that they like, they can mm -hmm. scroll down and see who made it. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I love that. And niching yeah. yourself, not just yeah. fitness, but niching yourself yeah. in certain technologies. And you were saying this earlier, brushing up on those technologies, knowing how to mm -hmm. execute certain tech. You know, so to bring it back to the to the networking, the career piece, you know, holding on to those relationships, like you yeah. said, um, at Mariana when Tech. You have, and, when you have a niche and you you know where to network, right? Yeah. You know, um, like we go to the fitness, like fitness conferences because we know that those are all potential clients, right? Yep. Um, we know, you know, there's random networking events probably wouldn't be the best fit for us, right? But those you could you could figure out where you need to be to um to find that and yeah and i think marissa and i just we're working on something unrelated to this that we'll you know hopefully be sharing soon that is kind of switching our focus a little bit at least for the time being into something that's a little niche mm -hmm. so this is very timely for us right marissa like this is like I literally we talk about this all the time there's something to be said for taking advantage of a happy accident, right? Mm -hmm. Because nothing's coincidental. So your story, bred your story, bred your story. You happen to enjoy it. Then you happen to be good at it. Then you happen to become experienced at it. Like why fight the fight? Right. If well, you're mean, doing something you don't enjoy. There's fear that comes around with niching, right? There's fear that comes around with pigeonholing yourself. And I have designer friends that are so extremely talented and I'm like, it's time to pick an industry. And they're like, no, because you don't want to um, turn, like they think it's too much turning away of business. They're not going to get business if, if they're not, if they're not, if they're only marketing to a specific business. Um, there's a, this awesome story, actually. Someone said this to me once when I was kind of like, uh, you know, do I continue being a generalist? Do I just focus in? And, you know, I've, Big curly hair, and they said, Jenny, if you go to a shopping center and you want to get your hair cut, and there's a salon that says, We cut hair $20, and next to it, there's a salon that says, We cut curly hair $40. I'm, I'm gonna choose the $40 one, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's so true. And I think, I think that that's a really good point for people out there that are starting something or, or having these, these thoughts in their brain that, you know, and listen, I, we always say this the caveat of, you know, not everybody's in the position financially, emotionally, mentally to niche themselves because they need the income. They need the mm -hmm. everything. But when you get yourself off the ground, which Jenny did, Jenny did all the things. That's why I asked you that question before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you paid your dues. You, you earned the niche. And I do think that niching yourself, there is kind of a piece to this story that it kind of happens in chapter two, right? You kind of have to say yes to everything first. As we always say, one of our favorite mantras is say yes. Say yes, especially when you're just starting out. Somebody wants to meet you. Mm -hmm. Somebody wants to see your portfolio. You say yes. Mm -hmm. And then you figure out, okay, maybe I want to go in this direction. And that kind of applies to career search, job search, entrepreneurial building, you know, anything. But I think in this case, which is a great lead into our next question, we always ask, you know, what's your superpower? But, you know, 
as far as professionally. I would say we probably could go this direction with your superpower. Your superpower to me is the, your ability to say no. <laughs> but then again, definitely that not, be- Jamie. <laughs> And maybe I mean, professionally, professionally, yes, personally, yes. But um, you've now said several things that, to me, professionally, are endless, right? <laughs> Saying no to business, putting things in your contract to say you don't want my business name on the bottom of your website. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to. No, do I mean you're here. you're expressing pure boundaries, just like, boundaries in, it, in and of no, itself. It's, like you've taught without recognizing it, you've taught about six valuable lessons for small business. Mm-hmm. in this conversation <laughs> because most people don't have the ability to do confidently what you've done and now granted I recognize and that's what Jamie was saying like you know you you have to be in the mental emotional physical landscape to be able to do that and you were so fortunate to be that way and I'm not sure if that would be equal you know equal opportunity for everyone like you know, everybody's different but like the idea behind it the idea behind saying that's not for us. Mm-hmm. The idea behind this is who we are. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's phenomenal. I love that. So I, what do you think your superpower is then if it's not saying no? Well, I want to say that we actually, we do take on business that doesn't fit our niche sometimes. You know, like we just don't. It's, don't it's worry, not, Mike's not going to get mad if we just are honoring your truth. I, but it's, it's, it's not. No, fun. you're like worried about Mike listening. And I no, I, I I, we're good. For the people like that other clients that are not for the other maybe design studios or people that are nervous about actually pigeonholing, like we if if it's a project that excites us and the budget is right and you know it's a person that we think that we're great fit together, we will say yes, even if it's completely outside of our niche. I well, agree. Of course, because it's not day, like you have I'm to not, work together. Yeah, I'm not like marketing with it, right? Like I feel like marketing it. You're not leading it, leading with correct. it. Correct. Like marketing to a specific niche is important, but behind the scenes, go crazy. Okay, do, do your thing. So yes. what do you think about your I mean, besides, besides being born on December 13th, which is a superpower in and of itself. It totally is. And she shares a birthday with my baby boy. And yeah. I was like literally one of my favorite. Swift, so. Swift, yeah. yeah, she put it. She put December 13th on the map. Um, I mean, I, was, I the easy answer is my creativity. Like, it's just part of every single thing I do. You know, I look mm-hmm. at something. I want to make it better. I I am just constantly creating and doing and glittering everything um same girl that's why we are so <laughs> we are very that's my superpower too. make yeah. everything sparkle um and yeah. that's why i love jenny you know and i think that jenny and i actually met doing a dance program through our sorority and oh that's right Got yes it. and she so we met because we're creatives so it like doesn't shock me that we had such a kismet kind of relationship she's a year above me so like, which when you go to a school like Michigan and you have this huge sorority, it's not very common to be friends with like the girls in the other grades. Like, it's just not, it's like, you don't go to a school that you can like co-mingle a lot. And like you know, I, Jenny and I always say, I, we said to each other when we were in Tulum, it's like, I wish more than anything that we had been the same grade. Cause we would have been best friends. Like we're still yeah. very, I mean, friends, I like, we're, we recognize that we have very similar energy. A hundred percent. And it was like such a miss that we didn't, we weren't closer when we were younger. Um, 
But I agree with you. Making things sparkle is such a nice superpower to have because, or glittery is, you know, and, and shining light on things that you're passionate about. I know in your personal life, you've done so much amazing work for your kids' school, like just shining light and being a light. And that's why we invited you on today, because that's who we like to talk to is people who are like-minded to us. Um, It's not often we have somebody on that has the exact same superpower as us, but we love when people do. Um, So what inspires you to keep going? Like, do you have a mantra that you say to yourself? Do you and Mike, I know you were saying you have certain systems. I'd love to hear like, what keeps you guys going? Is it just the business and how fun it is and you like doing the work? Or do you have any mantras or rituals or things that keep you inspired? I know you said you go to conferences. You obviously have to learn about different uh, tools that are out there Mm -hmm. for you. You have to kind of, you know, obviously the, AI is so big right now. I, I'd love, you know, so I'd love to hear kind of what keeps you inspired. Like, what is it that keeps you motivated? Besides your girls, obviously, a lot of people well, say, no, like, like, obviously, like, I want to be a good role model. No, um, yeah. I mean, I do, but uh, I love making people happy. Like, I love happy clients. Like, I love doing good work and mm-hmm. having it and someone being proud of that. I love being recognized for my, for my work. Um, yeah. that's really inspiring. Um, and in a really subtle, humble, I like, I, by the way, I like your mantra that's behind you. Work hard and be nice to people. <laughs> there you go. There's another, I'm sorry. Wait, just that's my other one. I know I'm in my own little world, but what yeah. does it say? But I'm happy here. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I was an OG work from Homer. So, uh, I've been working from home since before it was a thing too. And also, oh, by the way, I have, one, it was a thing. I have one on my wall that I'm afraid if I move my computer, but it says mm-hmm. focus on the best and forget all the rest. So I love that one too. It's just like focus on the good mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. stop worrying about the other stuff. But it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Um, like um, I can never not do what I do. It is such, it's a part of me. Like when, when people talk about work-life balance, it's kind of just a, marry I marry them it, it organically it's just this is you also you also live where you work you work where you work you work with your husband it's all the I know time. it's like one Which, by the way Marissa and I are the exact same way and I think it's a beautiful thing and I feel so grateful to you because you know in this conversation because it's not often as Marissa even said it's it, you know we tripped and fall fell a little bit on the way to find your true calling like, this is who you are. You've always been creative. You now can help other people find their creativity, shine light on these amazing yeah. businesses that you feel passionate about. That's exactly what the Dreamcatchers is mm-hmm. all about. It's it's helping people chase and catch a dream. Mm-hmm. And whether that's a small business trying to, like, figure stuff out operationally, if it's a job seeker, it, it you don't have to do the stuff alone. And the thing is, mm-hmm. the reason why I love talking to people like Jenny is that, like, you know, as these small businesses start using the dream catchers as this sounding board, this offerings that we offer, my goal is to be able to then say to them, use Jen, here's Soulmark Creatives information. Yeah. Now it's time for you to hire them because mm-hmm. you're ready. Right. Cause that's, that's a big change is like mm-hmm. to, to realize that you need to, and myself included, Marissa, I mean, we built everything ourselves. It will come a time, like time will come that we need to revamp and rebrand and mm-hmm. hire a mic to get my invoices out of PDF. Like mm-hmm. all the things you were saying, 
that we do ourselves. And it's a big shift to go from zero to 60, to have mm-hmm. the, the wherewithal, the income to hire mm-hmm. you guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just love having you here because I think that stage of that next step is, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's expensive, right? You have to be ready to like to hire a web designer and do a new logo and brand yeah. yourself. Your my competition is anywhere from like your aunt's friend's son's cat who wants to do a logo to, you know, your best friend who decided she knows Canva to, you know, giant agencies who have been around for years and years and years and years, right? So it's hiring a web designer, like a brand graphic designer is difficult. There's, there's, there's no, there's no comparison in terms of like cost and services. Like it's, you're not, you're comparing apples to oranges all the time. Like it's not apples to apples. You can't put one contract next to another contract. Right. Um, Because there's such a wide range of anyone thinks they could do it. Right. So it's true. And the thing is, is I, I say this with love because it's the truth. We have people that say to me, like, I'm I'm the aunt that knows how to use Canva. Like, that's my <laughs> truth. I, I've, I've told you this. Like, I did my niece's bat mitzvah logo, like whatever it is. And there are certain I've I've figured out, though, lately that my niche mm-hmm. of creative is more visual communication. Like people are trying to make a one pager, change their bio, mm-hmm. make a flyer. That is really my niche. It is. Mm-hmm. I can do a logo and I've done them. But my niche is I want to make my brand and my message prettier. It's not necessarily like I need to make a web, uh, you know, a website because I'm not doing that. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I could make you a logo, but likely you need to hire like a Jenny. Right. So I think that leaning into knowing that you have that competition, but also differentiating yourself. Like usually when somebody's ready to hire you, they're in a different place right? Financially, like they just are ready to make a huge investment in their company Mm -hmm. Um, and mentally need to be ready. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to ask you that as far as advice, like for people out there that are twofold, actually, if you could pick a piece of advice for somebody that one is a customer, somebody that's like, listening that was like, I think I might be ready to hire like a soul we, mark. We have several, we have several small fitness boutique brands in literally our- live action working with us and or in my yeah. portfolio that could use you. So like, what kind of advice would you say when somebody's like ready to pull that, you know, trigger and, and hire you? And then the next is advice for an entrepreneur out there that's looking to do what you do. So let's start with the customer. Like, what would you say to like somebody that's on the precipice of maybe deciding to invest in their website, in their design? Mm-hmm. Like, what is your advice at that point? Um, hire us. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I just hire you, like figure it out. I'm just going to put my name on the bottom of your website. Um, what, well, what, Okay. I'm trying to say this in non-biased. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I don't want to, I'm trying to say it in a way where I don't, I'm not. Um, You're not selling yourself. I just want you to, I think out. it's interesting though, because like we ourselves are a brand that could probably elevate. We right. know other I mean, brands. That I mean, are obviously to elevate. shops around, you know, I would find several people to speak to. Um, first of all, you have to like their work and you have to vibe with them, right? You have to, when you chat with them, you have to, 
there's things that we put in our initial conversations with the client that make them realize that we're the experts in that space. Mm -hmm. Right. In, in ways, it, it could be even the questions we ask, like we challenge them with questions that they didn't think about. Yep. Right? Um, and. And we make them understand that we're here for the handholding. Right. And that's the whole thing. It's like you don't want if you hire someone that isn't niched in an in industry, like you might be end up doing more work than you want to do by hiring someone, right? You want someone who, who can hold your hand and take you through the steps and bring up things that you didn't even think about because why would you, you know, like you're a fitness instructor. Okay. You don't know what you need. Um, you don't know the technology you need. You don't need to know how to like do email marketing or doing funnels or should you buy Google, you know, do Google ads or you don't know that. Um, you know, Mike also has this advantage of, with his golf facility, he did this entire build out himself. So sometimes he even acts like a therapist to these people that are dealing with contractors and the build out and delays and life and um, all that stuff that we could understand because we've been there. So I think talk, and whether you're talking to, you know, your aunt's cousin's son who wants to build your logo or someone that, who's an expert, like make sure that they are bringing up things that you necessarily wouldn't be thinking about because they know what you should be thinking. You should be, yeah. Right. Um, and be open to that. Right. I find that a lot of the clients we work with often like are hesitant at first to take the advice because they mm -hmm. don't think they know, or they think they know what they need. Mm -hmm. But when you're, when you're looking at a subject matter expert in our case, you know, professional huggers, as we like to say, people that are here to help you get out of your own way. Um, if you're going to hire somebody like us to help you kind of execute your dream, get from A to B, then let us help you. Right. Mm -hmm. So the same goes for hiring a designer. If, if you're going to go there you're like, mm -hmm. it's time, probably the designer knows best in this case. Right. Yeah. Even though usually we're all raised in this customer knows best mm -hmm. or customer's always right. When you're ready to like hire a, a vendor of some kind. It's because you want, it's like I always say, I wish I had a better one, but it's my favorite one. People ask me, why hire a career coach? Why hire a job search coach? You know, you could easily clean your own home. You can. But as we had to reschedule today because Jenny was not available this morning because she does not clean her own home. I was going to have noise in the background. This is the truth. If you have a little bit of expendable income to have somebody scrub your toilets for you, then let them scrub their toilet. And let them figure out the the, the yeah. right thing that needs to be used, the, the new product that is better for the environment that is going to leave your toilet scrubbed nicely, right? It is an investment, but it is a subject matter expert. You know what, Rose? You clean my house. You're mm -hmm. way better at it. So mm -hmm. that's how you almost have to be as a customer of, of, a, of a new business is you know, you know better than me. You let me know. But it's hard because sometimes the client is resistant or it's their baby or they aren't ready. We're generally here for all of it. I have clients that are just like, you know what? I just hired you. Go. And I have clients that are literally like making sketches for me and like going over my shoulder. And sometimes I don't even know why they hired me at all. But I try to meet them where they are. Um, yep. And that's important. I like that advice. So. This is going to be a tough one because I'm sure you have a lot of them, but we like to end on a question that is because when we do work with people, especially entrepreneurs, but also job seekers, we talk about the concept of a dream crush. It's like 
the dream job, the the company that you want your website to look like. You are just, they are just killing it. You know, SoulCycle is an original dream crush of ours. Always was from the very beginning. They just did it right. It smelled good in there. All the things, right? Is there any companies that you want to shout out? We like to ask this question because we find that it's also just good inspiration to others that are listening. Like, oh, I got to check that brand out because Jenny said that she liked it. Is there any brand company person out there that you have a crush on right now that you are inspired by what they're doing um, that you think our listeners would also feel the same? That is hard. Well, my dream job is different than my dream crush. You can tell us both. Okay. Um, in terms of brand crush, I've actually thought a lot about this. And there's the one, the big brand I'm crushing on right now is Gooder. Do you know Gooder? Sunglasses? Yeah. I just, got a I just got a box in the mail yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Gooder. Okay. They're literally on my desk next to me. Oh, there they are. Okay. Why? Because. This is their branding. It's very cute. Yeah. It's beyond, but beyond the visual identity of it, but beyond the branding of it, um, they kind of they found this spot where they were making inexpensive and accessibility cool, right? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have to wear Chanel sunglasses to like oh, feel wait, there's more. Cool. Exactly. Also, I, I have another pair sitting next to I me. Have no I, just wear, my, I, I have just no business. I have no business wearing expensive sunglasses because I leave them everywhere. So if okay. I could buy like five gooders, I put them everywhere. I, I, but they found a way to make things, to make something like inexpensive and functional and cool at the same time. And I totally respect that. A thousand percent correct. I wear, I mean, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I sit, break, scratch, lose, toss, throw out, (laughs) misplace underneath the seat. Sunglasses. The idea of me buying anything luxury for my eyes <laughs> retired in the in in like 1998. <laughs> so you know, I think so. T- just so you know, I bought a pair of Gooders that arrived two days ago, and mm-hmm. my other brand that I like. Sorry, Gooder, I love you. I see you, but I also really <laughs> like this brand. I see, okay. and, and also I Blender. There's a few of them that are very good. Okay. Yesterday and gutter the day before. And my gutters, yeah. I have at least now because we know that I had to timely move upstairs. I would show you that I could <laughs> see Jamie's two and show you eight in my hallway. I have literally eight to ten silhouettes of gutters. I love it. See, love them. Grand crush. And right. They are crush. really you doing, are they're doing all the right. things. I a hundred percent agree. I love the way it comes. I love their branding. I love their colors. Like they're so I, and I don't, you're up, right. I don't feel like I I don't know. It doesn't make me feel bad. It makes me feel gooder. Here's cool, trending. Gooder, gooder. Makes me feel gooder. Also, <laughs> I have to say, I worked at camp this summer, which everyone mostly knows, but I wanted sunglasses that I wouldn't care if I lost, mm-hmm. that are good when you're sweaty, which is really what gooder started as mm-hmm. for runners. They don't slip off your nose, all the things. And if, God forbid, I lost them, no offense, Gooder, I was like, I don't really care because I'll just buy another pair, right? So they don't care. But, you know, that's really where it begins. That's their whole point. So I 100% agree with you. I love that brand crush. Great brand crush. I thought a lot about that. Anything that we didn't get to ask that you wanted to say? I know Um, there was a bunch of things you were saying about niche. I... I took a whole workshop on this and this is like when I get on the phone with a client about 
kind of their their website content, right? Like their copy, their content. Like um, and and this kind of goes back to niching, right? Because it, it could work with any business. Um, everyone needs a positioning statement. If you not if you cannot say what you do, what your product is, what your business is in one to two sentences, you need to work on it, right? Mm-hmm. You'll notice with all my websites, the I big and bold like what we are, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so my biggest takeaway, I mean, if there's anything like work on your positioning statement, like the dream captures is. We just recently added it to our homepage because that Mm -hmm. was something that people asked us, like, because we are a little all over the place, although we've gotten better at our mission Mm -hmm. statement, it is hard for people to realize what it is. That we do right, right. I am all over the place. Yes, uh, Marissa I'm just, just along for the ride. ride. This person comes along for the ride, but like and sits on her sunglasses while she's on her way. Um, yeah. I 100% agree with you. What is the Dreamcatchers? The Dreamcatchers is a full service career and brand identity firm. That is what we do. We help mm-hmm. people figure out what they want to do and how to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also can do events and we also can do, you know, so it, it started to be, <laughs> you're no, 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 no. <laughs> exactly. So we stopped. Right. We do those things. That we I mean, listen, there's things. only so much time in the day. And when 100%. you are a mother of children, there's even less time in the day. You cannot be an expert at everything. Focus yourself on, on something that you can be an expert in. Dial yeah. in, right? Um, because every, it's like the more, you know, everything that you, Every industry, every technology has so much to learn around it and and be the best. Be the best at that. Mm-hmm. I Don't love that. Good hey, Jenny, this is so good. <laughs> so good. What did I tell you, Marissa? I'm like, Jenny needs to be on the podcast. It's happening. We're getting her on in the I next just two want weeks. you to know that. Literally, I, I talked I, to her two weeks ago. I'm like, find a date. We're doing this. No, it needs it's to amazing. Happen. This is so good. It's so inspirational. I'm not going to make it about me how I've had to sit looking into blinding light, <laughs> holding my phone up sideways. The light looks great on you, though. You'll expand <laughs> for the last hour. But I am going to say that I have enjoyed this story so much. Same. I, I really think that you had some really, first of all, the wisdom, the, the grit, the self-determination, and the patience and pizzazz and intuitive kindness that it takes to work with your husband <laughs> okay we, we only communicate over slack by the way we don't speak right Good. like i, I mean it's like full-blown <laughs> husband is your partner and you live together which makes sense also you don't kill each other as far as we know and i mean i just think it's really a phenomenal story and i'm so 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 glad that you're in our orbit and that we got to tell it me because too. now, now, if people want to find you, yeah, which we'll do. Jamie does and Jenny, a great by the job. way, Jenny was the first one of the first members of the Dreamcatchers web when we started doing this. We did yeah. it as a community at first during COVID, and then mm-hmm. it kind of morphed. Speaking of figuring out your mission and your niche into less of a community and more of a service, because we found that people needed us more for expertise than it was mm-hmm. about who mm-hmm. we could connect them to. Although we still mm-hmm. have that piece. Um, Jenny can be found in our dream directory. If you want to be part of our dream directory, you got to work with us. And then we can introduce you to all these amazing people um, and you have access to them. But besides that, where we can find you, we will tag, share, mm-hmm. um, you know, their, her website and logo are here. We put, we put it up there when we tagged you on 
the flyer today. What is the best way? Do people like reach out on your website? Like if they're interested in working with you, is that the best way to? Yeah, work yeah. There's a nice little form on there. We always get back immediately. Amazing. Um, yeah, but I mean, amazing. Yeah, we don't the. And then if you want to get to talk to me personally, generally Instagram Messenger works, and it's Jenny with an I, Schwartz thirteen because December thirteenth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know what I forgot to ask you about quickly. I just wanted to do quick yeah. shout out your work that you do with creative mornings. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think cool. finding community yeah. and like-minded people that, that jazz you up. So yeah. tell us just quickly about oh, that. Cause sure. I think what awesome. you do is really cool. So yeah. So I'm all about um, not complaining and venting, right? If you're not thrilled with something or it's not there, make it happen. Um, mm-hmm. All about that. So Creative Mornings is a global organization. There's about, God, I don't know how much now, 230 chapters worldwide. Um, It's originated in New York. So I used to go, it's the events held on one Friday every month. Um, So in New York, I used to go and it was huge there, hundreds of people. Um, And there's always an inspirational speaker and breakfast and lunch and breakfast and coffee, not lunch. Um, (laughs) And it's always free. So when I moved down to Florida, I live in Palm Beach County in Boca Raton. I moved down with a giant, giant New York ego being like, and first of all, this is pre-COVID. I moved pre-COVID. OG, OG uh, relocator to Boca. Yeah. And I was just like, there's no creatives down here. I'm not going to find anyone, you know, like freaking Palm Beach. Anyway, New York, New York ego is such a unique thing. That, that was yeah. the hardest part about relocating was like, yes. Moving my New York By the way, it high. doesn't matter if you're Boca or Fairhaven. Yeah. We all have one. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we real quick. I mean, like the sun is shining. There's palm trees outside. Yeah. Um, so when I moved down here, I started kind of chatting around with what's going on in the creative community here. And I realized that there was in... There's, there was no creative morning chapter in Palm Beach. Um, but at the same time, there were multiple people actually with the same mindset as me and looking for a creative morning chapter. So there was a team about 10 of us. Um, some of us are still on the creative morning team. And we created the Palm Beach chapter of creative mornings. Um, so it's been going on seven years now. We put on an event once a month. It is freaking exhausting. It is beyond overwhelming. Um, and if you are creative in Palm beach or everyone is welcome, if you just want something awesome to do on one Friday a month, I invite everyone to come. Um, but it's more about like, it was about gathering my community, gathering my life, like-minded people. I live for gathering people. Um, Mm -hmm. it's like one of my biggest joys in life. So creating the community around you. I love that. And, and, and I want to go. Yeah, we, we, we should look into it. I don't know if there's right, like down the first Friday of every month. So when you come down, book your Florida trip around the first Friday of every, of, okay, <laughs> maybe we need to do that. Well, this has been such a joy, Jenny. There's so much more that we could say and talk about, but this, in the interest of time, thank you for being here. Thank you to thank Ming you. and his team at Shared Universe for doing our sound. Um, so grateful to you. Thank you to Mike for letting you break away for an hour and a half. Sorry you didn't get on the interview. Um, we saw him earlier when he was helping her with her technology. Was my tech stuff. Um, so thank you so much for being here. Thank Go Blue. So and we love you so me. much. And I love stay, I love this story. I love and stay tuned time to, with you. Me too. And stay tuned to hear um, this episode drop in a few days. Yeah. Thank you. Guys. Bye. Want more from the Dreamcatchers? Check us out, www.thedreamcatchers.life. 
In the spring of 2020, we launched the Dreamcatchers Web, an inclusive professional membership network dedicated to cultivating community and providing content about career inspiration and making magic. Are you a dream maker looking to inspire or a dream chaser looking for inspiration? Either way, join us today. A portion of our proceeds will benefit the Mental Health Association of Monmouth County because now more than ever, we need to bring light to the darkness. Thank you in advance for helping us lead with light.